Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. I am Chris Ann Hall, and this our first episode of Wake Up with Chris Ann. Today, we're going to be talking about federalizing elections and the Constitution. So happy to have you with us here today. Let's get started. your host of Wake Up with Chris Ann. This is going to be a periodical, a periodical video presentation for you. Just a short little clip to deal with one subject in government, one subject in the Constitution. And today we're going to talk about federalizing elections. This has been in the news stream. You've heard lots of hype, lots of freaking, lots of everybody uh, having their own discussion, their own take. But here, with us, there's only one standard, the Constitution. So I don't care what the Democrats have to say. I don't care what the Republicans have to say. What I care about is what is the standard of government have to say about this. Now, what we're really talking about here, just from a topical perspective, is the Freedom to Vote Act. Now, what I want to show you about the Freedom to Vote Act here today is what they, what the bill summary says it will do. The bill, of, uh, bill addresses voter registration, voter access, election integrity, security, redistricting, and campaign financing. Specifically, the bill expands voter registration, expands voter registration, hmm. And it also limits removing voters from voter rolls. So what exactly does that mean? Just so you know, the House did pass this. Now it is set to go before the Senate, where you don't have the same political majority. So what does the Constitution say about voting? Now, it's very interesting because the Constitution is not silent on this issue. It's actually very specific. What we do is we start with Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1 of the Constitution. The time, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislatures thereof. Well, let's just deal with that part of the Constitution from the beginning. The time, place, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives, that's federal senators and federal representatives, shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. Our founders made elections a local thing on purpose. Purpose number one, we are not a kingdom. We are not going to have a central government like our former British monarchy telling us 
who can vote, who can't vote. That's the key. Because you see, a central government that can tell you who can vote is the same central government who can tell you who can't vote. And just as a little historical remembrance for us out there, since we know our history books do not teach things accurately uh, anymore and not for a very long time, it is actually the Supreme Court of the United States, a branch of the federal government that dictated nationally that black men and women could not vote. And yes, I am talking about the Dred Scott case. It is the Dred Scott case where the Supreme Court errantly, unconstitutionally, and unhistorically, if I can make up a word for you, decided that black men and women were not citizens as freed slaves. That is something that was not actually the case historically or politically. Since the founding of American colonies, when a slave, whether that person be from African, English, Irish descent, were freed, they became citizens with the rights of citizenship. The property ownership, being involved in government, voting in government. There were many black, free black persons who were, who were property owners and even held office, were politically active prior to the 15th and 19th Amendments. Many women who voted, who held office prior to the 19th Amendment. So it is actually the federal government who took it upon themselves originally to decide, hey, from a national perspective, no slave, former slaves can vote. So we should learn from history that the federal government should have no business telling us who can and cannot vote. That is something that was created by our founders to be reserved at the state level so that the people could not be ruled and reigned by a central government. The second part I want you to notice here is that it's just for federal elections that Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations, except as to the places of choosing senators. So even congressional authority over federal elections is very limited constitutionally. They may at any time by law, not by executive order or regulation, make or alter the regulations concerning the elections of senators and representatives. That's it. Now, to change that, you have to have a constitutional amendment. And I want to reiterate to you, this is only for U.S. elections, federal elections. 
The Tenth Amendment says the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Elections are reserved to the states specifically under Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1. And by default, locally, for all elections. Now, you may want to ask about presidential elections. Then you can run to Article 2, Section 1, Clauses 2 and 3. You also go to the 12th Amendment, where the terms and conditions of a presidential election are specifically outlined in the Constitution. That's how it works, guys. And guess what? We used to know that because even the 15th and the 19th amendments were ratified. I'll show them to you right here. As constitutional amendments. The right of citizens in the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. There you also have the 19th Amendment. The right of citizens of the United States shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state on account of sex. If the federal government is going to assume an authority over the time, place, and manner of holding elections, it cannot be done by law on the state and local level. It can be done by law for U.S. senators, for U.S. representatives, but it cannot be done by law for even the president or state and local elections and not be consistent with the Constitution. This requires an amendment to the Constitution. This is federalizing elections and the U.S. Constitution, not authorized without a constitutional amendment. In order to ratify a constitutional amendment, you must follow Article 5 of the Constitution, which gives very specific terms and conditions upon which amendments to the Constitution can be ratified. So even if the Senate votes in favor of this legislation. It will be incumbent upon and the duty of the U.S. Supreme Court to strike it down as unconstitutional, as an exercise of an undelegated authority by Congress. If the Supreme Court does not abide by the limits of the Constitution, then guess what has to happen? The states must themselves refuse to comply with any, any legislative act contrary to the Constitution. 
And that is also in the Constitution right here, Article 6, Clause 2. This Constitution and the laws of the United States which shall be made in pursuance thereof and all treaties made which shall be made under under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land. And the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. But we've just looked at the Constitution. Congressional authority over local elections in the time, place, and manner is not authorized. Which means that law made by Congress will not be made in pursuance to the Constitution. Which means by Article 6, Clause 2, will not be the supreme law of the land. And watch this. That means... The judges of the states shall not be bound thereby. You see, it is not a study of precedent that we need here. It's not a study of political agenda. It's not a study of the will of the people. It is a study. And in this case, just a plain reading of the Constitution that is necessary to make a final assessment on the constitutionality of a law passed by Congress to take over state and local elections. See, this is something that the American people are denied in study. And inevitably, as I close up today's little lesson today on federalizing elections in the Constitution, inevitably somebody is going to tell you, ah, but the 14th Amendment. If the 14th Amendment is actually applied to mean that the Congress shall be allowed to take over national, to federalize local elections simply because the Constitution was amended to say that you can't deny someone's right to vote based on color or based on sex, then I want you to think about the inevitable conclusion. If the 14th Amendment actually opens the door for Congress to create any law, it can bootstrap under any pretense of spending or broad and overbroad applying of the 14th Amendment, then this is a very important question you must ask about the inevitable conclusion. What is the limit to congressional power? You see, if Congress is allowed to pass whatever law and apply whatever law they can pass by majority vote with impunity, then how much of the Constitution is actually nullified? With that kind of understanding, an application of the 14th Amendment and the power of Congress, then if you'll excuse me, I'll just adopt the words of James Madison. You will transform this limited government created 
into, at best, a mixed monarchy. Meaning, guess what? Your constitutional republic becomes null and void because there is no limit applied to Congress through the Constitution. You begin to have, or you will have, a congressional republic where the limit to government is only that which is applied by the Congress itself. Government limiting itself. That is an absolute dictatorship, an oligarchy, if you will. And that's not America. That's not a constitutional republic. That's why Article 6, Clause 2 is so important in establishing through the Tenth Amendment an essential check and balance. So even if this pushed all the way through, it will be the undeniable duty of the states to understand this law does not bind them. And they must, to secure the rights of the people, refuse to comply and maintain the laws of the state as the Constitution demands. Just to reiterate my warning, it is the federal government that denied freed slaves citizenship and the right to vote. It is the establishment of the state authority over local elections that actually guards the minority population. It is the federalization of elections that allows the rebirth of discrimination and slavery in a widespread swath. One sweep of a pen. The Constitutional Republic was designed so that minority populations have the same political authority as majority ones. And the more we allow Congress and our federal government to circumvent the Constitution and to rewrite the Constitution with opinion and law, the more we digress to the very government of oligarchy and tyranny that our founders freed us from. Learn your constitution. Know its applications. Study with us at libertyfirstsociety.com. This is just scratching the surface. These are the kind of things that we teach all the time. Share this short podcast and look for more to come. Don't forget to watch our movie, Noncompliant, at noncompliantmovie.com so that you can know the solutions to our overgrown and overgrowing federal and state governments. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining me today. I am Chris Ann Hall, and this has been Wake Up with Chris Ann. See you next time.